The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Want to get to this because we've been talking about it and waiting to hear what was going to happen. Uh, as you've heard here on 630 Chad, the UCP government has uh, introduced several new measures to reduce rural crime in Alberta. Justice Minister Doug Schweitzer says uh, they will be raising trespassing fines, amending the Occupier's Liability Act to strengthen property rights, and taking steps to make it harder to sell stolen property. They're also creating rapid force to tell us more we're joined this afternoon by justice minister schweitzer thanks for taking the time sir thank you for having me on all right so you know what you've been traveling the province over the past uh, couple of months um and and we've heard you we've kind of been doing updates uh, over over that time can you give me an idea just overall though the vibe that you were getting the feeling was it anger was it frustration was it a combination of of both of those things you know what? It was eye-opening. We've held over 20 town halls uh, across Alberta, and I'm a Calgary MLA. So this issue, even though I kind of academically understood it, but I really did not fully appreciate the emotional pull of rural crime until I went out and talked to people. You'd have mothers that were scared for their children. You'd have people whose family members have been physically assaulted. You've got people that are now sleeping with axes under their beds. Mm. You've got people that are living in a constant state of fear where they're always questioning the person coming down their dirt road. They don't know if they're there to hurt them. Yeah. Uh, and their frustration is justified. Like when you talk to them about what their experience have been, have been with the justice system, their frustration is real. And governments over the past years have let them down. So the announcements that we made yesterday came straight from people from these town halls as to what they were looking for from their government. And I'm proud of the fact that we could deliver for them on these, on these new measures. And there's still more to come. Well, and, and I think for a lot of them, they just, they, they wanted some guidelines. What can they do? What can't they do? And they wanted to know that maybe that if something were to happen, uh, happen that, um, that the government, that uh, the police forces had their back. Well, and the landing rod for this was the Eddie Maurice situation where yep. somebody is on his property committing a criminal act, stealing from him. Uh, you know, he's a law-abiding Albertan, and then he gets sued by the criminal uh, for defending his own property. And that was just feedback we heard everywhere across the Alberta that they felt like the justice system no longer protected them. They felt like the criminals had more rights than they did. And by doing the measure that we did yesterday, where criminals can't sue somebody as a law-abiding Albertan if they're on their property committing a criminal act, it seems just kind of basic common sense, but that's not the way our laws are written in Canada. This is now the strongest property rights protection in the country. Yeah, it's called the Occupier's Liability Act, and it will prevent, as you mentioned, Minister Schweitzer, it will prevent offend, prevent offenders from suing landowners. The amendment will be made retroactive to January 1st of 2018, so that's going back almost, almost two years now. What impact, um, how many cases will that impact? Well, the thing is right now, the way our limitations periods work to bring forward a civil claim, it's usually about two years. Okay. We want to make sure Albertans are protected for what's happened across Alberta. They've been, the system has not worked for them. This should clean up any potential claims that are could be brought. And we want to make sure going forward that Albertans know that we have their back and that they 
If they're a law-abiding Alberta that takes reasonable measures, criminals on their property can't sue them. Uh, Minister Schweitzer, let's talk about uh, the Rural Alberta Provincial Integrated Defense Force, otherwise known as RAPID. It will see um, additional law enforcement responsibilities on Alberta sheriffs, fish and wildlife officers, and commercial vehicle enforcement officers. They'll be asked to help the RCMP and other uh, police services in ensuring that 911 um, calls, um, the, that there's faster response times and I'm guessing that faster response times was one of the number one issues that you heard about. Yeah it really was. Uh, in many communities you know if you have an emergency the police are an hour away. In certain other communities the police service goes dark for hours where nobody's actually on at a given time. So by using right now we have 400 uh, peace officers, sheriffs, uh, fish and wildlife that are highly trained. They already have firearms training for many of them. Uh, and what we want to do is give them additional training so that they can provide enhanced services. Basically, some of the things that the police are doing now, they would then cover off. They could be backup vehicles when more than one officer is required for a crisis situation. They can respond to certain 911 calls. It's really about enhancing the field, people on the ground, boots on the ground. Would they? Have about six, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I'm, and I apologize. Um, would they take the lead on calls at any time? There's the potential that they could take the lead on certain calls. Uh, there's certain areas where the police are, would be required, but this would have, there's many calls that do come in that require immediate attention that they would then be able to respond to. What kind of additional training will they have to go through? Uh, for our fish and wildlife officers actually have a very high level of training, very similar to a police officer. So the biggest area that we'd have to provide training is more tactical uh, when you're dealing with a crisis situation to make sure that we keep our peace officers safe. Uh, we don't want to send them into a situation that they're not ready for. So that's why it's really important that we get them their training and then get them on the ground. We'll be able to get them on the ground in late 2020. What kind of consultation did you have with sheriffs, fish and wildlife officers, um, commercial vehicle enforcement officers? I'm just wondering about the added responsibilities for them, uh, you know, on top of what they're already doing. Is this putting more pressure on them? Well, you know what, the feedback I took yesterday, I was actually at the courthouse and uh, a sheriff came up to me and gave me a high five. Uh, he was happy about the fact that we were giving them the opportunity to do more. Uh, the feedback we received is that people want to do more. We recognize that we're going to have to have some further discussions about potentially some additional compensation because they are we are asking them to do more mm -hmm. and we've built that into our plan. Okay, we was interested to know about that. Um, what about just simply more boots on the ground, hiring more Mounties? Yeah, on that front there, we are still in the process of consulting with municipalities about the future of police funding in Alberta. Mm -hmm. There's about 20% of Albertans live in communities where the province pays for the full freight for policing. Uh, we're having that discussion now to see if we can get additional money into policing. This would be a true partnership. It would be the first time that we've ever approached it this way in Alberta. We're seeing if we can get buy-in from our municipal participants to see if we can complement each other, build a really accountable policing model across Alberta. If we do get that buy-in, we can have a historic investment in additional policing. We're trying to work with them on that. No final decision's been made, but we're hopeful that we can get that done. So on the trespassing front, and I know this is another one for a lot of folks out in uh, in rural areas, uh, trespassing on any rural properties, uh, the province going to raise fines, jail time a possibility, uh, whether, you know, that trespass 
trespassing is on you know residential industrial commercial that sort of thing uh, there's a lot of folks out there that say something needs to be done uh, about um, the time that criminals spend in jail just don't get a slap on the wrist do you see that this increase as more than that than more than a slap on a wrist well, this fine that we're bringing up, the increased fine, is a clear signal that you don't get to trespass and target people for, on their own properties. If you want to protest, do it on the street. If you want to protest, do it you know, legally. We, we respect the free speech. If you want to advocate for change, go ahead, fill your boots. But you don't get to go and break into somebody's property for your own agenda. That's simply not allowed in Alberta. We want to send a signal as a deterrent not for that not to happen. One of the big elements that we brought forward yesterday, though, was the change to community impact statements, allowing those to be read in threat sentencing. Mm. We want the judiciary to know the impact of rural crime on the mental health and so many other factors in rural Alberta so we can start getting different precedents out of our justice system. So when you look at community impact statements, I'm guessing that just impact statements would have been allowed in, in any case to start with. What's the difference between um, you know the individual to a a community impact statement? Well, typically it was limited to the victim. <coughs> in this situation here, it gets expanded to the broader community. What does this impact have on the community as a whole? Because we have to stop looking at, the, at our justice system in silos and you have to look at the bigger picture as to what is really happening. What's happening on the ground? What is this person who's committed a criminal offense? What has been their impact and the collective impact of people committing crimes like them had on the entire community? We need to make sure that our justice system hears that. I'm hoping that our judges will give us different precedents going forward. Uh, this one was interesting as well because we often hear about theft, theft of uh, copper pipe, that sort of thing. That tends to be a favorite target of thieves. You've you've tightened the the uh, the, the rules around that, making it harder to sell sell stolen property. Tell us how that will work. Well, the biggest thing right now is we want to send a message to our scrapyard junkyard dealers that. They need to have better scrutiny uh, because right now there's a monetization of the stolen property. They're taking the goods and they're getting cash. And a lot of these goods, we're told by people on the ground, is that it's going to scrapyards and junkyards. Uh, that doesn't mean that these folks are breaking the law as it writes, it's written right now, but we want to have greater scrutiny on them to make sure that we're held people accountable. This will help police track down you know, people that are out there stealing. We have to cut off the money supply, which is then going into organized crime. It's feeding drug addictions. It's feeding organized crime. We have to cut off the cash supply. Oh, are, are you heading off to Rocky Mountain House right now? Yes, I am. We're on the road right now to Rocky Mountain House. Now, what are you doing there tonight? There's another. This will be our final scheduled uh, town hall to talk about rural crime. And I'm told it's going to be well north of 500 people coming out tonight. Uh, and it could even be approaching 1,000, depending on how many people come. There's been a real you know, interest in this issue there. There was a really horrific incident where a young mom was beaten on her own property oh, by gosh. people with sawed-off shotguns. Oh, uh, and we simply have to go out there and talk to people, hear their concerns. I'm hopeful that uh, the announcement yesterday will help let people know we're on their side and we've heard them. Uh, but we want to go and continue to listen and see if further changes are needed. So you can go and continue to, to listen. I'm just looking at my text line. Some people are saying, you know, this is a good first step. Other people saying it's still not going to do anything. What do you tell those people listening right now across northern and central Alberta who have been dealing with rural crime, who've been ticked off about it for a long time, don't know what to do? Uh, what do you say to them right now? We've heard you and your frustration is justified. Uh, what we did yesterday with the announcements that we made is a first step to helping to turn this around. And if you have more ideas, you have different areas that you want us to change or different policy suggestions, bring them forward. 
and we'll give them real consideration. The ideas we announced yesterday came from feedback we received directly from Alberta. You had uh, suggested earlier in this conversation that more announcements are coming, more uh, implementation coming. Uh, when can we expect to see those? Uh, you know what? Uh, <laughs> no timetable exactly. Uh, you, you'd expect from government. Uh, <laughs> well played. But, uh, uh, but uh, it, it's shortly, shortly. All right. Uh, Alberta Justice Minister and Solicitor General Doug Schweitzer joining me this afternoon. Uh, Doug, thank you for taking the time this afternoon. I appreciate it and uh, travel safely. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, take care now. Doug Schweitzer this afternoon. Okay, Chedville, um, I've lived in the city my entire life. I have uh, heard through the text lines and, and the phone lines about your concerns about the crime that you're dealing with, the rural crime. What do you think about this? What do you think about the Rapid Force, Rural Alberta Provincial Integrated Defense Force. What do you think about that? What do you think about the announcements that were made? Let me know at 630-630. The phone lines are open at 496-0063. 4960063 you know the text line is 63630 uh Troy Bruce amen you're uh you're Phone calls in just a second. Some of your texts, though, out of Edmonton. If they didn't make these changes, us landowners would. Rural crime is insane, and these thieves are not scared. Um, this one says, personally, it's Tiny Tim saying, Jay, personally, I support the Alberta government wholeheartedly, attempting to work with the rural population instead of persecu persecuting law-abiding citizens, defending their property. Two thumbs up very enthusiastically. Troy's been holding for a little bit here. Hi, Troy. Hi, how are you? Uh, good. Do you live, uh, are you um, Are you out in rural Alberta? I am. I'm out in the Duke County. We've been out here for about eight years now. And how bad has it gotten for you over the past number of years? Well, it's actually getting worse in the last couple of years. Our neighbours have been robbed a couple times of uh, electrical wire. <sighs> um, we had actually people cut our gates and come sit up our driveway, but our dogs wouldn't let them out the let them out of the car wow and then they took off to our neighbor's house we called all our neighbors like it's getting ridiculous at what point are you allowed to protect your property mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know my kids these people sat in the driveway and they were 10 feet away from my children you know, from their windows oh my gosh okay so how are you feeling about what you're hearing so far is it a start so, far, so good at least it's a step in the right direction okay Man, oh man, that's that's scary stuff, Troy. That's scary stuff. What's happened? Uh, what's happened to your family? And at what point are you allowed to protect your family? Well, like, and that's you know, it seems like criminals have more rights than than we do. And Troy, that is the sentiment that I hear over and over and yeah. over again from uh, folks just like you. Yeah, no, no, it's unfortunate. Uh, Troy, thanks for giving me a shout this afternoon. Appreciate it. Love your show. Have a good one. And thank you. Thanks for listening, Troy. Bruce out Drayton Valley Way. Hey, Bruce. Yeah, we've got a lot of stuff going on in Drayton Valley. There's people getting broken into vehicles, farms, everything. It's just horrendous. You know what, Troy? Uh, Bruce, yeah, I talked with someone out there uh, just before the election, and we talked about this, and they said it's been absolutely brutal out there. Um, so what do you think about what you're hearing? Well, same thing. Like, I look at the police report that's in our local paper, and it takes up over half of the paper. They're talking about everything. It's just unbelievable. I think the prisons are getting, I don't know whether they're too full. I mean, I lost a daughter to a drunk driver, like, uh, almost four years ago. Mm, and sorry. the guy got sentenced to 42 months, like three and a half years. Wow. And you know what? 
he get, they let him out after 17 months. No, no. So, uh, you know, is a, is a hotel full? Maybe we got to build some more prisons. It's, it's ridiculous. Bruce, I appreciate the phone call. Thanks for your input. You're welcome. Take care. That's Bruce out in Drayton Valley. And Amen joining uh, us this afternoon. Hey, what's on your mind? Hey, how's it going? I'm good. What are you thinking? Hey, I live in Parkland County. I'm about 5 to 12 minutes from an RCMP detachment. And we've had a number of break-ins. And these guys are in and out quickly. And RCMP in the past told us it's, it's usually drug-fueled. It's kids yeah. that are simply uh, breaking into garages, breaking into homes to get you know, $10 worth of stuff, $50, $100 worth of stuff, just small stuff to hawk it and uh, and trade in so that they can get some easy drugs. And it's not, these aren't criminals. Um, these aren't criminal masterminds. <laughs> these are simply uh, kids looking for a, an easy fix. A question for you. Um, out uh, where you are, and I'm guessing, you know, maybe into you know, more rural areas as well, can you get security systems on your home, or is that technologically possible, or is your security your gun at your door and your dogs that uh, on the front porch? Well, I'm just outside of Edmonton. I'm not that far. You're not that far. So, so I'm, I, I'm fairly tech-savvy. I put in my own system. And, Good for you. You know, it's, yeah, I put in my own cameras. I put in my own security system. And really, I'd recommend that to anybody. Yeah. As long as you can get internet, you can get access to the system via your phone. I worry more for people further away. My yeah. mother-in-law lives, you know, 45 minutes an hour from the nearest uh, RCMP detachment up north. And, uh, you know, for her, it's um, it, it's difficult for somebody, for the RCMP to get to her in time. Uh, and I think it, people can't really rely on police getting... Uh, getting to them in time in rural areas. It's yeah. Just- it's just not possible unless they're going to jump in their helicopter and you know, <laughs> use a drone or something. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, these, these guys, the thieves are in and out quickly. And, uh, and you know, I commend, uh, I commend the government's actions in, in giving people the ability to defend themselves without going too far. Uh, but this rapid force they're talking about, I'm not sure how that's going to be how that's going to work out. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch how it's going to unfold. And I know someone else texted in as well, said, you know, you're, you're talking about compensating the more you're asking other people to take uh, rollbacks, that sort of stuff. How is that going to work? So there's still, uh, you know, devil's always in the details, isn't it, Amen? Yeah, and I think it's just getting to know your neighbours. Like, we've got, you know, whenever there's a, a vehicle that we don't know about, we've got a Facebook group, we've got a text group, and, and the neighbours are texting each other saying, hey, there's... Uh, there's watch out for this vehicle um, came down my driveway. I don't know what it's all about. That text group so is a great idea. That's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's just looking out for each other and looking out for, you know, taking care of your neighbors. And it's, I, I, you know, we don't want to go to the extreme of all getting guns or anything like that. But I know there's a few neighbors that do. But, um, you know, it's it, most of these kids really aren't... Um, there hasn't been anything violent okay. yet, and I hope nothing ever becomes violent. Um, but uh, you know, it's pretty scary if you were if you got home and somebody's in your garage or in your house. That's you, you don't know what they're going to do. So Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, do I pick up a bat and swing, or mm. or do I wait until they do something? And that's you know. Yeah. Yeah. Who swings I, first? I Who swings first? Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, really, I don't know what I'd do in that situation to protect my family. It's, uh, I, I, you know, thank God I haven't been in that situation. And I was going to say, and I'm hoping that you never are. Thanks for the phone call. All right, take care. All right, take care. Uh, one of the texts that just came in that says, those of us in rural Alberta have had it, Jaylin. Nearly everyone I know has been hit, including ourselves, numerous times. We have ourselves hoarded in like Fort Knox, and they still get in. Good for this government for stepping up and listening. Global News at 2.30. Good afternoon. I'm Eileen Bell. A legislature meeting on budget numbers got personal today when Jason Kenney accused Rachel Notley of being ignorant to Alberta's plight and Notley questioned his loyalty to Canada. The angry crosstalk erupted when Notley asked Premier Kenney why he is threatening to hold a referendum on equalization even though Alberta has no direct power to change the federal funding system. Rachel Notley suggested a referendum would be a potential divisive grandstanding power play, which would echo Quebec's votes on separation. She asked Jason Kenney why he would do that when he claims he's a federalist. Premier Kenney suggested Notley doesn't understand the grievances Albertans have over how the economy is being suffocated by federal policy.